When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly, which we devote to Venezuela. While the crisis in Ukraine's grabbed the headlines, Venezuela, once the toast of the radical left around the world, has also been in the grip of a violent political crisis. So what's going on and where does it go from here? Joining me in the studios are Latin America editor John Paul Rathbone, and on the lines our correspondent, Andres Schipani. Now, John Paul, first, just give us the background. What is this dispute all about and when did it break out? It broke out about a month ago when some students started to protest about press freedoms and the imprisonment of one of their fellows. And since then, it's become turbocharged by the opposition. This is a country roughly split 50-50 between government supporters and the opposition supporters. And the backdrop to this is, first of all, a deteriorating economy. The Venezuelan economy is a train wreck in slow motion, even though it has the world's largest energy reserves. And the second backdrop to this is 14 years of Chavismo, which has been very polarizing in Venezuela. It's one of those cases where you're either for or against on or off, left or right. And you can see that in the country now where it's split 50-50. And these... Chavismo being named after Hugo Chavez, who died a year ago, and there's a new president, Nicolas Maduro, who presumably, th- does he command the same sort of support and charisma that Chavez had? Maduro was, or is rather, Chavez's anointed successor. And he lacks Chavez's charisma. And Chavez definitely bequeathed him a very poor hand with a deteriorating economy and also coalition of socialist forces that really Chavez kept together with his charisma. And Maduro has struggled to do so, but not entirely unsuccessfully. Okay, Andres, if I can turn to you, you uh, spent quite a lot of time in Caracas. Can you give us a sense of the situation there? Is normal life convulsed? Or is this just a kind of a protest movement that isn't disrupting things too much? Well, life is now normal in Caracas, and you see for the past year since Chavez died, basically, long queues for grocery stores for people trying to get their hands on anything from toilet paper to milk to made flour to made the staple dish called arepa. Basically, so far, the protests have been mostly condensed in leafy eastern quarters and middle class areas of Caracas, where Students and opposition projects have been setting up barricades in almost every corner, just basically burning trash and everything that they can find out from all mattresses to furniture and to basically impede people to pass through as they think it's a good strategy to disrupt the normal functioning of the city. 
usually as night falls, you have the National Guard and the police clashing with protesters. So far, there have been at least 22 people dead, not only in Caracas, but also in other cities. And is it getting worse, or uh, are we at a sort of steady state of violence? From here, it looks to me that the protests will fizzle out sooner than later, and that President Maduro will bumble on as even things warp and rot, basically. But it's still going on. There was one more casualty yesterday, and so there's no clear indication on when these protests are actually going to resolve. The worst week was the week of February the 12th, when three people died in the first day of protest. It is worth mentioning that it seems, according to analysts, that these protests do not pose an immediate threat to the government. Okay, now, John Paul, I, I mentioned the parallel with Ukraine, which maybe is a little bit uh, stretched, but one thing that does seem similar to me is that the supporters of Yanukovych in Ukraine and perhaps of Maduro in Venezuela can say, well, these people may have their discontents and their complaints, but they're aiming at an elected government, that in some sense this is an anti-democratic protest. What would be the response to that? Is there one? You could say it's a constitutionally elected government, and there were presidential elections last year which can probably best be characterised as free but not fair. The Venezuelan state, through all its resources behind Maduro, ramped up spending, media saturation. Nonetheless, Maduro won the vote. And so, yes, he is a democratically elected government. Andres, you mentioned that the the demonstrations are mainly taking place in the richer areas. So is this essentially class war, to use it in a a perhaps a slightly emotive phrase, but is this the middle classes aiming at a government that basically still enjoys the support of the poorer sections of Venezuelan society? Well, so far it is, actually. The opposition has been mostly reduced to the middle class, especially in Caracas. And also the government has been portraying the protests as purely middle class. However, I've spoken to a couple of students and protesters from slums of Caracas. Some of those slums are government strongholds. And they told me, well, basically, we need to come here to this middle class area to protest because we'll be in trouble if we protest at home. Many people basically agree that if these protests start to spread out into those government strongholds in the slums, that could pose a more serious threat for the government because these slums that have historically been government strongholds could turn against them. So far, that seems unlikely, although as shortages of basic goods are worsening, people there have been complaining to me saying, look, we can still hang on, we back this socialist revolution, but patience is running thin. Now, Andres says that economic shortages are actually getting worse. I mean, taking a couple of steps back, even allowing for economic mismanagement, it does seem extraordinary that a country with the world's largest energy reserves should be in such a mess. How have they done this? You talked about class war, and that's one way in which the protests have been cast. But this is against the backdrop of a country where the institutional apparatus is just incredibly weak. And that is a legacy. Well, Venezuela has always had a very big but very weak and flabby state. And Chavez deinstitutionalized the country even further. Many things simply don't work or they don't work very well. And you see that in the oil sector, too, where there's just been a sort of confusion, lack of clarity on economic rules. And investment has also been siphoned out of the oil sector to pay for social programs. So as a result, investment in oil has fallen and 
and the golden goose is slowly being strangled. And that's why you've had falling oil production and less money coming in and so on and so forth. Venezuela, over the past decade, has been much more than just a Latin American country. It's become a kind of global symbol for the, for the left and, and a subject of a kind of ideological confrontation. Is that still the case now that Chavez is gone, or is this now less a significant conflict for the left and for the conservatives around the world? Well, I mean, first of all, it seems worth saying that during the past 14 years, where poverty has fallen dramatically in Venezuela, it's also fallen dramatically in several other countries in Latin America, and in some just as much that pursued completely different policies, such as Peru. So poverty reduction is not unique to Venezuela. The Venezuelan model was also financed and basically backed by the world's largest energy reserve. So that's not replicable. Nonetheless, it was a kind of symbol for many. I doubt it holds that still that same symbolic value when it's so obvious in the region, especially, maybe less so abroad, that uh, Venezuela is just chronically mismanaged. The situation is really appalling. And it's not something that you would wish on an enemy even. The social emphasis, for sure, that Chavez proposed is often held up by the left in other countries. But as a kind of model, as a way of doing things, it's certainly lost its allure. And Andres, then, so what did the immediate neighbours of Venezuela make of what's going on? I mean, other countries in the region, Argentina, for example, have their own problems. Do people care much what's happening there? Is there still a sort of Bolivarian front of countries that look to Venezuela? Well, there's some like Bolivia, for example, and Argentina, as you mentioned. So now, until this government stands, they will back Venezuela. President Maduro has called for a meeting of the Union of South American countries that will supposed to take place today in Chile, a day after President Bachelet took office. The foreign ministers are supposed to come up with a resolution. But inside that Union of South American countries, there are certain divisions. I mean, you have more, let's say, orthodox or market-friendly countries such as Colombia and Peru that have been quite cautious in making any sort of statement regarding this. And finally, JPM, beyond Latin America, the United States, there were periods when it was very concerned by Chavez, regarded him as an adversary. What's the U.S.'s attitude to what's going on now? Are they involved at all? I think the U.S. for a while has seen Venezuela as a busted flush. And so something to be watched out for, but not managed. They see its appeal lessening. I think that's correct. And um, it's also more of a problem for Brazil, which has brought Venezuela within the Mercosur trade pact. So on the one hand, I don't think the United States feels so worried about Venezuela in the region. Second of all, there's also fracking. Venezuela is the fourth largest supplier of oil to the United States. So it's an important supplier, but fracking has given a win to the US sales, so they can afford to be a little bit more indifferent. And thirdly, it's also very clear in Washington that whatever you might say about Venezuela will be used by the administration in Caracas to say, look, this is another example of US interference, imperialism, Uh, you can sort of run the tape. So, you know, less is more, I think, from the US point of view. Okay, well, we'll watch out in the coming weeks for how the situation develops. Thank you very much to John Paul Rathbone here with me in the studio, and also to Andres Shipani. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.